is the What Are We Doing Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, podcast. welcome back to the What Are We Doing Podcast. My name is Levi McCurdy, and this is episode 112. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. And boy, oh boy, it's been a doozy as it always is. Last night was our final night of stage fright. Okay, stage fright live. Been talking about it for the past few months. The finale was last night. I know what you're thinking. The finale, what do you mean? It was a it was a three night event. There was a night in September. There was a night in well, there was a night in June. There's a night in August. There was a night in September. And there's a night in October. And that was last night. And so that was the issue, right? That was our underlining issue with the show. Anyone who's planning on putting on an event, specifically music-wise, specifically Battle of the Bands. Don't do what we did and make it three separate nights because that means we all have to show up on three nights. We all have to set up for three nights. We all have to promote three nights. We all have to get ready for three nights. We have to plan for three nights. Three events is much more difficult to plan than one event. So that was inevitably part of one of the issues. Listen, The show went off without a hitch. It was a success. We got the bands. We got the people. Uh, You know, people showed up. People voted. It was insane. It was a great time. It was a great event. We had a blast. Stage Fright Live was amazing. Should it have been three nights? Personal opinion? No, probably not. And if we do do it next year, that's probably where we'll be. We'll probably do like five or six bands, one night, one winner, that's it. And then we move on and we do it again next year. I think that'll probably be the move, trying to manage the moving pieces and everything that we wanted to do, but didn't have time to, but then had time and tried to implement, but didn't, and then changed. Literally, there were changes for this event up until the last minute. Like there were changes up until like literally five minutes before we announced the winner of the whole thing. So that was a, that was a bit of a stressor, but we got through it. We made it happen. And I mean, it's just honestly, at the end of the day, the process of trying to put on three, even though it was one event, three different nights makes it seem, especially so far spread out. You basically have to remind people like, oh yeah, wait, uh, this is actually happening. So it's crazy, man, but we had a great time. The two bands were before the end and still flow. And I mean, they both rocked it, right? Before the end was insane. Uh, before the end, they've just got that young, passionate energy. Uh, you've got the lead singer playing the guitar. You've got the drummer playing the guitar. You've got them switching in and out. You've got, uh, the one on the keyboard. You've got the one on the bass. I mean, it's crazy before the end. I mean, they put on an amazing show. Part of the reason why they were in the finale and then, of course, uh, their contenders still flow. Uh, what can I say about them, man? I mean, they're great as well. They all uh, dressed up as pirates, love the theme, love everything they did there, love their performance. 
And then, uh, you know, it was up to the audience to vote who the winner was. So when we got there, you know, it was this, uh, we got there a little earlier than we did last time. Uh, and so we did a sound check and my introduction to the show, because obviously I was the host, I can't just walk out there and say, Hey, welcome to stage fright. You've got to introduce the show in like an, a really epic way. And so to do that, um, uh, I came up with this idea about 15 minutes before I arrived at the venue in the car. As I was listening to music, trying to get myself excited, pumped up there, I'm thinking, what's a good intro song? I started the thought process of just trying to find a good intro song. And I started with like my playlist for now, like all the songs that have come out, like brand new Lil Wayne, Post Malone, like today's hits, maybe something off the Drake album. That wasn't the vibe, okay? Anything coming out in the last few weeks, few months this year, last year, wasn't really the vibe to open Stage Fright Finale. So then I went to like my, uh, I have a rap pregame, hip-hop pregame Pandora channel which takes us back to like early mid 2000s rap and hip hop. Like we're talking Drake first album, Lil Wayne mixtape era kind of music. And honestly that was getting there kind of, but like not really the vibe. Then I just, I had a thought. Because you know what I mean? It's the finale because of work and other obligations. Sandy Dunkel couldn't make it. She couldn't make it to the first two nights, but I was pretty sure she was coming to the finale. So I thought, what better way to open the show than with, you know, like a boy band? I did night two with a song from Five, thinking she was going to be there. So I thought, she's definitely going to be here at the finale. Let's knock it out. We'll do some Backstreet Boys. I didn't want to do everybody by the Backstreet Boys. It's the go-to. It's the song everyone was expecting. It's just not, it wasn't really what the vibe of the night was. So I nixed the song Everybody. Then, so I went to a Backstreet Boys um, Essentials playlist on Apple Music, and I found it. I went through the songs and honestly, my new Backstreet Boys favorite song, Larger Than Life. Hate me in the comments if you will, but I think now my number one Backstreet Boys song of all times is Larger Than Life. It was everybody up until now and now it's Larger Than Life and that's just what you have to deal with. If you think it's not, you're probably wrong. So, uh, in the car on the way to rock lit, it's to Mickey's black box, the studio. I was ba I just had it on repeat. I had larger than life by the backstreet boys on repeat in the car. And I was like, I was practicing my dance move, whoop, practicing my dance moves, trying to memorize the lyrics. I know 98% of them, but you know, just, I needed that extra 2% of practice. And I had a plan. I was going to come out. We were going to start the song at the beginning. And I was going to do a half 
choreograph like all oh, you people can't you see can't you see how you love affecting our reality every time you're down you can make it right and that makes you larger than life and do like a whole like dance routine backstreet boy backstreets back Look at me choreographed, half choreographed, half like I'm singing it because I've got the SC microphone in my hand. Half like karaoke, half choreographed. Every time we're down, you know, dip when they say the word down, you can make it right. And just like I had the whole thing ready to go in the car now five minutes away from the venue i'm pumped so we started from the beginning of the song okay and then we go to two minutes and 17 seconds and what happens then is uh i don't know i think they call it a bridge in the music industry paul tell me what it's called i'm pretty sure it's called a bridge the bridge comes and they're like oh you people can't you see can't you see and then they're like and then an instrumental comes and then after that i i i was gonna be like stage fright live what's up make some noise everybody and like intro the show that way right i was gonna do a whole two minute routine Meanwhile, I'm in a butter costume, by the way. It's a Halloween-themed show, so, like, we told people to dress up. I've got multiple costumes throughout the night. I'm kicking off in a butter costume because when it comes to, like, this podcast, hosting Stage Fright Live, my businesses, DJing weddings, doing everything else I do, uh, I'm on a roll. You know what I mean? So I put the butter on, and I'm killing it, dude. I'm also a big BTS fan, so I wore the butter. And then, so I did that, but when I got on stage in rehearsal, it went off without a hitch. The rehearsal went off without a hitch. We've got a video, Paul, show him the video. Paul's got the video. And so the rehearsal went off without a hitch and we were great. We were good to go. So then we went over to uh, the hotel, over to Per Diem. Uh, I got a water and everyone else was just doing a little drinky drink. I was not drinking this evening. And so, uh, it was great. We hung out with the homies beforehand and then we went back over, made sure all the final details were wrapped. And then it was time to kick off the show. Now, whoever made the schedule never ran it by me. So they had the entire introduction of the show from seven o'clock, that's when the show starts, to 7.15. I had 15 full minutes. And this isn't 15 theoretical minutes, like, oh, let's stand around for 15 minutes. After 10 minutes, we call it 15. No, this is 15 actual minutes. And I'll be honest, I'm good, but I'm not that good, okay? I haven't fully started slash committed to my stand-up comedy career just yet. So when I was like, Hey guys, why don't we start at seven Oh five that way when my five to maybe eight minute intro is done, 
Then we're at like 710, maybe 712, maybe 713. And then we can call it and be two minutes ahead, you know, just like two minutes ahead. But of course, that request doesn't get trickled down to the stage manager. So at uh, 6.55, he comes around and says, five minutes till show. Meaning I'm going on at exactly seven o'clock and I've got till 7.15 to do the damn thing and start the show. I'm freaking out. And so I go up, man. I go up and they start the music. And guess what? Out the gate, we've got technical difficulties. Okay. I hear the music skipping. Didn't do that in rehearsal. My microphone, I'm half singing, half not. It's like jumping, glitching in and out. That didn't happen during rehearsal. And I see like all the sound guys from the soundboard come from around the soundboard and like running backstage, trying to fix shit, trying to see what's going on. And like, I don't know what's happening. And so basically my two minute dance slash karaoke slash intro to the show pre-show uh, got cut short because after a minute I was over it. And so I said, cut that shit off. And so then they did. And then I opened the show stage fright. What's up, everybody? Welcome. You know the deal. If you were there, you were there. You know how I introed it. I had the voice. And so, you know what I mean? I thought I, I thought I was doing a good job with the Backstreet Boys intro, but due to technical difficulties, the execution during the actual live show, unfortunately, wasn't what we planned. Now, the best part about that is I'm the only one who knew the plan. And so everyone in the audience thought, wow, that was a weird, fun intro. How cute. And they know nothing else. And that's just how life goes. Because if I didn't tell them what was supposed to happen, they weren't going to know what was going to happen. You know what I mean? So I just thought it was a good idea. I thought, I thought larger than life by the Backstreet Boys was great. And, um, so after the intro, right after my intro got cut by a minute, now I'm only a minute in. I intro the show, I explain what we're doing, and that only takes me maybe about another two minutes. Uh, I do somewhat of a bit about myself that like didn't go right. I had a whole Travis Kelsey thing I didn't talk about. I had a whole mom thing I scrapped. And so I basically, my intro was, as predicted, five minutes long. And immediately after that, I say, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for your first band before the end. And then they immediately come on stage, which means they're now starting at 7.05 when they shouldn't have started until I was done at 7.15 and then the schedule, give them five minutes to get up there, plug in, get started. They're not supposed to go on till like 7, 8, 7.15, 7.20. But now by the time they're done, their set is the time they're supposed to be going on. And so naturally what I do, okay, is keep the show rolling. So by the time, by the time the last band is supposed to be done performing, as soon as they're done performing, the first band, according to the schedule, should have been wrapping up. So I've got us now 45 minutes ahead and I've got the stage manager coming up to me saying, who told you to go on stage? Who told you to start this early? And I'm like, nobody. I just did it because I was done. I don't have 
30 minutes of material, by the way. I had to do another 15 minutes. I had another 15 minutes of material I had to do for introduction. Now, I had a long list of sponsors to thank. I complimented the first band, told them how good they did. But again, that only took me five, maybe eight minutes in total. And so again, we're now another 10 minutes ahead. And so naturally, I announced the next band. And now the entire venue staff has is, is freaking out. They're freaking out. And like, I just, I, I, I don't know why. They're like, why'd you do that? Why'd you go on stage? Why'd you send the last band up so early? And I'm like, hey guys, this isn't a big deal. Like if we're done at nine o'clock, that means we all get to go home early. I don't understand what the big deal is. But because they had it in their mind on their schedule, on the sheet of events that night, we were done at 10. But now we're wrapping up at eight o'clock and everyone's brains are in a tizzy and they don't understand that that means we just get to close up and go home a little bit early tonight instead of spending the entire Thursday evening at Mickey's Black Box. You know what I mean? So I then had the stage manager, like the show's over. The show's over at like 8.15. It was scheduled to go to 10 o'clock. I understand. I understand how that can seem so terribly, terribly bad, how we somehow have a one and a half, one hour, two hour kind of gap here now in the whole production. I'm sorry I didn't come with 30 minutes of stand-up comedy routines, but I'm just, I, I, you know what I mean? I'm just a guy making some announcements here. I'm just a sponsor. I like hosting. I've got a podcast. I didn't know it was that venue. Like, if they, shit, you want me to podcast for 30 minutes, I'll do a live podcast to kick off the show, but no one told me to do that. I'm just supposed to intro the show for 15 minutes? Insane. So we're about an hour ahead of schedule. So we're pivoting. I've got a stage manager with a clipboard in my face. The stage manager's with a clipboard in my face. And he's like, well, what do you want to do? You're running the show now. You tell me what times. And then that's what we're going to do. So I had to stand there. He's like, it's 815 now. He said, if you go out there now at 820, how much longer do you want to give them to vote for the winning band? And I said, I don't know. I said, five minutes. And then he looked at me and then I'm like, okay, 10. Like I'm, I was, I literally, this should not have been my job. It should not have been my responsibility. And I've got a venue stage manager who literally will run the show when Taylor Swift, Machine Gun Kelly, Justin Bieber, Lauren Hill, uh, whoever else decides to roll through town and do a show at Mickey's Black Box. You literally have been dealing with them your entire career but you're asking me, the man dressed in an astronaut and butter costume, I changed costumes halfway through the show, you're asking me what time the revised schedule should be. So I'm fuming a little bit. I'm like, look, I'm going up there at 825. I'm giving them till 830. I'll talk. I'll go up there and talk till 845. The winning band's gonna come on and do an encore now. That was never discussed until five minutes ago. And then we'll do the dance party and wrap up the show. Like it was chaos up until five minutes before. And that's just honestly a little bit behind the scenes and probably why, I don't know, maybe we may or may not be doing it again next year. I don't know. Look out for announcements. I mean, you'll never know. Stage Fright Live Instagram, stagefrightlive.com. 
I mean, it was crazy. And so the whole night, the whole event, right? I invited my entire family. I expected no one to show up. I did invite my entire family. I assumed Sandy Dunkel being my number one fan, uh, that she would want to come see me host, support local music. Sandy loves going to concerts. Listen, anytime Colt Wilbur takes the stage, Sandy Dunkel's front fucking row. So I thought, Hey, a local music event, Sandy Dunkel, your son's hosting. She'd want to be there. Unfortunately, night one, she couldn't make it. Unfortunately, night two, she had to work. But she told us, we're pretty sure, Megs and I are almost positive this is how our memories, this, this is how our memories remember it. I'm pretty sure at one point in time, Sandy told me that she took off work for the Stage Fright Live finale. So that mixed with the fact that I got a text message from Sandy Dunkel just a mere few days ago saying, hey V, how does uh, this work on Thursday night? Do I get to hang out with you or do I just get to watch the show? And I said, you'll be in the audience, you gotta watch the show. I said, I'll be backstage, I'm hosting. That's primarily where I'll be. I'll pop in and out here or there, but like that's primarily where I'll be is backstage. And then she said, I wanna come backstage with you. And then I said, do you have a backstage pass? And then she said, yeah, his name's Levi. And I said, no, no, I'm not your backstage pass. You gotta have a backstage pass. You don't have one, you can't come backstage. And then she said, can't blame a mom for trying. Now, if that conversation happened with your mother for an event that you were hosting on like a Monday or Tuesday and the event was Thursday, one would assume she was coming. And so I told all my friends, I told Brittany, I told Paul, I said, guess what? You're gonna meet Sandy Dunkel. She's on her way, she's coming, Stage Fright Live finale. She took off work. It's happening, Sandy Dunkel, she's gonna be here. I've got a bit written about her for the intro. I've got a bit for the outro. I'm gonna shout her out in the crowd. I'm not gonna be nervous because Sandy Dunkel's gonna be there. And you know what I mean? It's always a good time. Whether you're doing a fucking rap concert in the middle of a public park that you're not supposed to be doing on someone's high school CD six dicks changer boom box that we just so happen to be able to hook a microphone up to, when it just snowed six inches in the middle of the city, whether she shows up to that type of show or a magic show, whether it's in New York, Virginia, Washington, DC, whether she shows up to your swim meets at 6 a.m. or regionals that are in another state or anything else that you need support from, from Sandy Dunkel, she's there. So I was ready to rock this Stage Fright Live finale. And I'll tell you what, every time I wasn't on stage, I was sweeping the room. I went to the second floor. I did an aerial view. I did a downstairs view. I took my costume off. I put sunglasses on so people wouldn't know it was me in the crowd. Like that's how serious I am of a host. You know what I mean? You don't see Terry Crews. You don't see Nick Cannon. You don't see uh, Ryan, uh, what's his name? What's his name? Ryan, uh, you don't see Ryan Seacrest like walking around in the crowd of American Idol, do you? 
No. So like I couldn't make myself known, but I had to double check to see if Sandy was there. Cause when I'm on stage, I can't really see cause of all the lights in the audience. You know how it is if you ever been on stage. So I confirmed pretty much halfway through the show that, uh, she wasn't there. So it was a real Ricky Bobby Talladega nights moment. You know what I mean? And so it just, uh, it was upsetting that uh, Sandy Dungle didn't make it. She missed a good show, um, you know. And so it's just, uh, it, was, uh, it was fun though, dude. It was fun. It was a fun time. And so we, uh, we had a blast and we'll see. We'll see. I think there still needs to be an, an announcement made about the uh, the guitar. There was a door prize. We're giving away a $2,000 raw guitar. If you don't know anything about raw guitars, well, then you probably don't play a guitar. But if you play a guitar, you probably know who raw guitars is. And if you bought a ticket to the Stage Fright show, we're giving that away. That was made up a few weeks, like a few weeks ago. And so, um, you know, stay tuned for that announcement. That's coming, I think, today from someone, I'm pretty sure, as long as no one forgets. And so uh, that's happening, dude. So look out for that, man. Follow stagefrightlive.com for any updates, any uh, dates for next year. And, uh, and man, it was fun. If you came out, thank you. If you were there and you enjoyed the show, I got plenty of compliments after the show. All of Paul's friends showed me so much love, uh, even though, you know, whatever my opinion is. Their opinion said it was great. They gave me props. They gave me compliments. Uh, their one friend said I was funny all three nights because they came all three times. Shout out to you guys. I truly, truly appreciate it uh, for anyone who came and enjoyed the show. Uh, and anyone who riffed with me while I was on stage or just made noise when I required it, uh, you understood the assignment. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and I mean, for anyone who, uh, participated in the event, anyone who posted on social media for the event, anyone who helped us promote it, all the bands, uh, everyone, it was just, it was great. And so at the end of the night, man, we announced the winner, um, and it was close. It was neck and neck. We took it by pages. I have pages of votes. It was about seven pages of votes. We got somehow, only 26 people were there that night, but somehow we got 600 votes in and, uh, it was unanimous. Still flow won the night still flow band. So because they were already hooked up, uh, to the equipment already, we let them do an encore to kind of close out the night. And then that was it, man. We had a dance party. There was a playlist on afterwards. And, uh, that was the stage fright live finale. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a pretty okay event. So thank you to everyone who, uh, came out, who was involved, who was there, uh, the sponsors. I mean, excuse me, the bands, uh, the bands are getting gear from tone tailors. They're getting a single from here, here studios. They're getting a website from pixel and hammer. So the band still flow is about to get hooked up with some new gears, some new digital presence stuff, and it's going to be awesome for them. So uh, if you were a band who applied this year, just keep an eye out uh, for next year's event. Uh, so I saw the title of this article, and I knew I wanted to read it live uh, here on the podcast. I mean, for our celebrity news of the week, man, this stuff 
This is crazy. I mean, when you talk about the money spent in this country, not by this country, that's not the route we're going down, even though I could, by the way, because there's some very strong opinions about that, but just on like Hollywood and movie productions and what they will do to get things done and the people involved and actors. I mean, so as of right now, uh, they're filming Aquaman 2, the DC Universe sequel Aquaman 2. I think the fans of DC might be excited for this. I think... I don't know where we're at on the DC universe. I'm pretty sure no one saw Black Beetle. Like the bat, the last Batman film I think was good. The Joker I think was good. Like the the gritty ones are good. Like the new gritty movies are good. But like as far as the main timeline, like Wonder Woman, Aquaman, I'm pretty sure. Like we're out on these, right? Like you guys tell me. I I don't know. I'm pretty sure we're out on these, but the title of the article is really what sets us apart from Marvel and not even superhero movies, honestly, just basically just (laughs) Amber Heard claims Jason Momoa dressed up like Johnny Depp to mess with her on the set of Aquaman 2. And here's how the article starts. Amber Heard told her therapist Jason Momoa was purposely dressing like her ex Johnny Depp while filming Aquaman sequel. One of many claims are just now coming to light. First of all, we're only one sentence in. And I mean, if this doesn't tell you exactly where we're at in society when it comes to therapy and mental health and mental well-being and going to talk to someone and your therapist, how do we know what Amber Heard is talking to her therapist about? The fact that we know what Amber Heard's talking to her therapist about, I'm pretty sure directly violates like doctor-patient confidentiality. Like is HIPAA not a thing? Is that not at play here? Or do we just... Like, I thought that's the reason I go to therapy. Like, I don't, and I need to. Trust me, I'm working on it. But, like, where I could have sworn last time I checked, going to therapy meant that you kind of, like, this is between you and your therapist. That's why you go. Because if it wasn't just between you and your therapist, just talk to someone else about it. And if, you know, they tell someone, then so be it. You know what I mean? You tell things to your therapist when you don't want other people to necessarily know exactly what you're saying, right? They're that one person you're supposed to be able to trust. So the fact that maybe, I don't know, Amber Heard's therapist is in the pocket of TMZ. Maybe they don't care. Maybe the rules just don't apply for celebrities. You know what I mean? I don't know what the situation is. Uh, but apparently Amber Heard's therapist has been talking to some people. The news comes courtesy of new legal docs from Amber Heard's defamation trial last year, which was recently made public and details some startling allegations and made in therapy sessions back in 2021. Oh, 
I see. I get it now. I should have read the whole thing. Listen, I've said it so many times before. The reading level on this pot. Now I understand. Okay. Aquaman 2 is done filming. So I need to retcon everything that I just said. Everything I just said, where are we? In the last five minutes? Maybe last four minutes? Everything I just said in the last four minutes? Forget it. And now everything I now say is the truth and where what actually happened. So the Aquaman 2 movie uh, is like out and about and it's coming soon to theaters near you. They were filming uh, a few years ago because that's just how long it takes to make these movies. Uh, and so Aquaman 2 is out. Uh, the trailer, I think, is out now. It's coming out soon, right? Like it's going to be out in theaters like either soon or next year sometime. The trailer's out now. And so they were filming it back in like 2021, 2022 sometime. And so because of the court documents uh, of the Johnny Depp, Amber Heard defamation trial, we now have some new fun information stories coming to light. Because of course all this knowledge is now public information when you go through the public court system. Uh, so here's what the article says during one particular session in December of that year, 2021, she said she felt Jason was seemingly trying to play mind games with her by intentionally copying Johnny Depp's fashion sense right down to the multi fingered rings. According to variety, there are more allegations she made about Jason to her therapist at the time including a claim that he was intoxicated on set and that he was working to get her fired. So isn't that, isn't that a funny story? Isn't that hilarious? Amber Heard, the ex-wife, wife, ex-wife of Johnny Depp. I don't know. If, I don't think they're still married. Amber Heard, who was once with Johnny Depp, is complaining about Jason Momoa wearing scarves and multiple rings on his fingers and being drunk on a movie set. Because let's be honest, we all know Johnny was just rip roaring, ready to go during the filming of the last two pirates movies. Like it's blatantly obvious. I'm sure there's articles about it. Like prove me wrong. So the fact that she's complaining about Momoa doing the same thing, listen, what is it with celebrities? What is it with celebrities who are getting paid upwards of like what? Jason Momoa is probably making $30 million. He's probably making somewhere in the neighborhood of $30 million for the Aquaman 2 movie that you can't keep it together for three months. It takes them three months in front of a green screen, in a room, in Hollywood studios for you to film this movie. You can't keep it together for three months. Listen, bro, if you know you're not filming tomorrow, then start drinking once you're done today. But like, if you cannot not be drunk at two o'clock in the afternoon, they do all this on a soundstage. So like, I know they're filming during the day. Like you cannot not have alcohol at like 2 p.m. Get it together. You're making $30 million and you can't, Lay off the vodka, the fucking tequila, the spiced rum for three hours? Like, come on, bro. 
get it together. Like, we all go to work. Me, my friends, my fiance. Like, we all go to work. We all go to work nine to five. And guess what we don't do? We don't drink. Listen, sometimes we do. There's a bottle back there. Like, if it's appropriate in your industry, if it's appropriate to have a drink, if it's appropriate to have a beer at lunch, I've had those jobs before. I've gotten drunk with the owner's of the companies that I've worked for at lunchtime, because that's just sometimes what you do when you nail big projects, land big clients, you finally sign that contract, you celebrate a little bit during the week and you drink a little bit, but that's when the times are appropriate. Not when you're filming a $200 million budget DC Warner brothers production, James Gunn movie called Aquaman 2, where 200 of that million dollars, 30 million of it is going directly to you. That means you can wait a minute to drink a little. Like, come on, dude. Now, maybe he was just doing it on purpose. Who knows? A rep for DC denied these characterizations saying, of course, they always deny. Listen, of course, they have to. They have to deny that's the motives of the lawyers. Deny, deny, deny. If we come out and say Jason Momoa is actually drunk on set, literally no one's going to go see this movie. We've got about 12 people in line for this movie already. All right, fine, maybe 12 million, but like, it's, let's be honest, I don't have high hopes for the, for the box office numbers of this movie when it comes out. They have to deny it every time. The rep says, Jason Momoa conducted himself in a professional manner at all times on set of Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom. A separate source told Variety that Jason's fashion sensitively, na- sensitively naturally reflects a bohemian style, pushing back on Amber, feeling he was trying to torment her. So, basically... Amber's mad because Jason Momoa has the same bohemian style as Johnny Depp with the hat and the long hair and the tank tops and the tattoos and the rugged guitar case and the leather bag. You know what I mean? That was handcrafted by like someone's great, great grandfather back in like 1784 in a pure genuine leather that his great-great-grandfather, they unfortunately, due to disease, had to kill the family cow. This was their only cow. This was going to feed them through the winter. Like the winter of night of 1796, they, they almost didn't survive because of the disease. That They had to kill the family cow, but they couldn't let it go to waste. So they skinned the cow, and then they turned it into this leather bag. And through 1796 and through the 1800s and the world wars and Vietnam and everything else leading up to now, like in, 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 in 1993, when things finally settled down and they passed down this bag to Jason and his mom used it when he was a baby, it was his diaper bag when he was a baby and he's got this leather bag. And now he uses it to carry like his iPad pro and like his AirPods and everything he needs with his guitar and his laptop to make his music in between drinking and filming scenes of Aquaman too. And so 
Amber Heard's kind of mad at this bohemian style that kind of reflects Johnny because Johnny has a similar scarf that his great-great-grandfather gave him in 1847 that made it through the, you know what I mean? There's a lot more juicy nuggets in the docs, including allegations that Warner and DC tried canning Amber Heard ahead of filming of Aquaman 2, but not because of the Johnny Depp drama, but more so over a perceived lack of chemistry with Jason Momoa on the big screen. This is where things get crazy. At the time, Amber's then boyfriend, right? I was confused about the marriage. I forgot. She was dating Elon Musk. She was with Johnny. They split, right? Now, then she got with Elon, the billionaire, right? Amber's then boyfriend at the time, Elon Musk, fired off a juicy letter from his lawyers to the people at Warner Brothers saying that basically... He has enough money to metaphorically burn their houses down if Amber was not brought back for the Aquaman 2 sequel. So we have Elon Musk directly responsible, paying his way for his then-girlfriend Amber Heard. Hey, I wouldn't want her shitting in my bed either, okay? So... If that means I've got to spend a few million to the lawyer who's then going to need that money to send to Warner Brothers with the letter that basically says Elon Musk is willing to throw every ounce of litigation at you in the court system and tie you up for years indefinitely and not settle because he's got $48 billion in the bank. If you don't put Amber Heard and Aquaman 2, they're signing, babe. They're signing right on the dotted line and saying, hey, Amber, honey, we're sorry. Listen, about that chemistry between you and Jason, we know it's not really there. We know he's got his own problems with his wife, but what we need you to do, we just need you to spike. Can you spice it up 10 more percent? Can you give us 10 more percent sexiness in Aquaman 2? Yes or yes. And then she's like, of course, of course I can, of course. All right, babe, you're back. Aquaman 2, we film next week. And that's it. All you need to get it done is a billionaire boyfriend. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, it's just, it's just, it's insane. It's insane. It's a peek behind the curtain amid a lot of speculation at the time over how much the Amber Heard, Johnny Depp saga may have affected their perspective work and the movies they were in, especially for Amber who came under fire under intense criticism in the wake of Johnny's victory after the trial. Remember, fans wanted her character, Mira, completely recast, and a viral petition got started over it to no avail. Like, people are pissed. Like, after the whole, after she lost this trial, the internet basically said, we don't want to see her in Aquaman again. But unfortunately, money trumps you, bitch. And when you've got a billionaire boyfriend to call the shots, uh, it's pretty, pretty evident as to of what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, I'm pretty sure Elon is going to spend an infinite amount of money that you and I can only dream of that's not going to put a freaking dent in his bank account on Aquaman 2 tickets 
just so they can say it was a success for his, I think now ex-girlfriend for Amber. I guarantee you Elon Musk buys anywhere from $10,000 to $50,000 worth of movie tickets when this movie comes out. Guarantee it. We'll see. We'll see. So anytime this chick needs attention, uh, you know what I mean? Uh, she just fires off. She fires off. Fires off on her husband. And I guess up until this point, they were supposedly husband and wife as far as the public eye goes. I'm talking none other than Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith, okay? Like this whole charade that the Smiths have been putting on, first of all, the children need to be addressed, okay? If this image of the boy or whatever he identifies as, I'm sorry, I'm not up to date on the children's pronouns, but whatever the Smith kid identifies as, whatever he's doing now, like, hey man, like this whole working out, I gotta be cock diesel thing, it looks kind of bad when you compare the photos next to it. Like, does he look, I guess this is healthy? I don't know, man. I don't know. It's one of those things where I'm like, eh, maybe we should stop going to the gym for a few minutes. And then Willow, Willow, I, I, I don't have any opinions on her. She's doing her own thing. I guess if she's still, I, again, I apologize if that's not the pronoun. I'm sorry. I'm not up to date. I can't. The kids are weird and, but we should have known. We should have known coming from the parents. We've all had this notion, right? When the whole Chris Rock slap thing happened, that reopened the book of Will and Jada's relationship, right? We've all been on this roller coaster with them throughout the years because when they start to get irrelevant and when things start to seem a little off and they're not getting the movie offers, or maybe they are getting the movie offers and the movies aren't doing so well in the box office, we start to then hear whispers again about the Smith family. Oh, they're coming back. Oh, they're doing something. Oh, we've got more drama. Oh, guess what? Table Talk's coming back. Red Table Talk, season three dropping because Facebook needs something else to advertise on because their metaverse is just like, you know, not it, dude. And so now we've got to come out with goggles that basically don't show us the metaverse anymore. They mix the cameras with reality in augmented reality to copy Vision Pro because no one wants to be in the fucking metaverse, dude. We want reality. But if we can put goggles on and mix the reality with the cameras on the goggles that show you what you're actually seeing and not hitting tables while you're walking around because I'm in the metaverse and not my kitchen, now it's different. So we're pivoting, right? I'm pretty sure Meta just laid off a whole bunch of Metaverse people. It's probably not happening. Like, let's be honest. Humans aren't living in the Metaverse maybe for another 10 to 15 years, okay? We're getting there, but it's not happening the way Facebook thought it was. So let's drop that bag on Red Table Talk Season 3. And what are we doing in Episode 1? We're getting Will. We're getting Willow. We're getting Mom. We're getting Dad. We're getting Jada and we're talking about sex and we're cheating and like we're bringing up all the shit that Will Smith has done over the years. We're dragging his ass through the mud because we need the ratings, okay? And then we go away for a little bit 
and then all the cheating and all the like open relationship speculation. I've been hearing that Will and Jada Smith have been having an open relationship with other people hooking up, doing this left and right for centuries now. Like it, it was that we were talking about it back when like men in black and wild, wild West came out people like this shouldn't be new news to anybody. But for some reason, Jada, the evil witch that she is, just loves to keep twisting the knife and just making it a little bit worse every few years. And so, like, you know what I mean? Every few months, every few years, the whole Jada and Tupac thing will come out. And, like, what a coincidence now that she's, like, dropped this tell-all book and, you know, it was a little bit of a coincidence that like this Tupac news started popping back up on TMZ about like Las Vegas police arresting someone. They've speculated for a while. This guy might have done it. I think they're saying he didn't do it. I think P. Diddy may have like paid someone to do it. I'm just reading the headlines, people. I don't know what's going on. I wasn't around when Tupac was, so I have no idea what the history is there. But all I know is every time Will Smith and Jada Pinkett and their freaking names get brought up, Tupac's name is flowing right behind him. And so now Jada drops the tell-all book, and boy, oh boy, these celebrities with their tell-all books, it's just mind-blowing. They haven't been together since 2016. So basically now what's happening is for those of us who don't want to read the book, because I'm pretty sure a handful of us don't want to deep dive into that. Uh, Jada's now going on a press tour and all the news outlets and the podcasts and the media people, they're just picking out all the juiciest, most viral details of the book and asking her about it. So of course that's all we're going to cover. I don't need to know anything else. This is the important stuff. So her and Will have been separated since 2016. Are we surprised? No. It's confirmed now, so I guess that kind of puts all of our theories and things to rest. All the speculation, all the rumors. Great. You've been apart since 2016. You don't live together. I mean, it's kind of obvious. It's kind of obvious when Will Smith is just making a vlog for his YouTube channel that doesn't really mean anything, and he's yelling at your ass in the background like, yo, bit, don't mess up my shot. Like, what are you doing? Like, get out of frame. This is not what we talked about. You weren't supposed to say this. And then she goes on red table talk and drags him through the mud. And then the whole Chris Rock situation happens. And of course, we address that in the book, right? Jada says that uh, they hadn't referred to each other as husband and wife for years. It's a public-facing relationship. And I feel like we all kind of knew that already. Like, it's just one of those things that doesn't really, like, why not just, hey, guys, listen, why not just say that then in 2016? Why have we been playing a seven-year charade with the rest of the world? For what? Your net worth? Let me tell you something, sweetheart. The movies aren't great. Like, what's the last Jada Pinkett Smith movie? I can't name one, but I'm, I think The Matrix. I'm sorry. She was in one good movie, The Matrix. I'm pretty sure she was in that. And if I'm wrong, 
then she wasn't in any good movies at all. But if I'm right about that, The Matrix was great. So congratulations, 1999, you did it. You did it. You and Will Smith both did it in 1999, congratulations. But other than that, like, let's be honest. The marriage wasn't saving your acting career, so why the charade? It's so strange. So she admits they've been living apart since 2016. They haven't called each other husband and wife since 2016. They've probably been hooking up, doing whatever with other people. The whole, like, secret lover of the best friend of her son, the, like, August thing, like, I think that happened, like, last year. Like, let's just put those rumors to rest. Let's be honest. She was banging her pool boy. Like, let's just put say what it, come on. And then the whole, so she said she was shocked by the Chris Rock thing, right? We're shocked by it. We were shocked because that was the first time in years that Will had referred to her as his wife. So she immediately thought something was wrong. Now, apparently, according to her in the book, uh, during the commercial break in that moment, Chris came over and apologized, but Jada wasn't paying attention because she was worried about Will. She was worried about Will because what man in his right mind would call a woman his wife on national public television who hasn't been sleeping with his wife for seven years? So she clearly thought he had a psychotic break because she was like, wait a minute, that's not my husband. We haven't been husband. That hasn't been my husband since 2016. He just called me his wife. I thought we were over this. I thought we had a conversation. We were on Red Table Talk and we talked about this. And now he's called me his wife and this is going to open up a whole new can of worms and my lover is going to be pissed. I bet you he's watching this right now and I bet you he's going to be pissed. And now I have to explain to my boyfriends what's going on once again and let them know that Will wasn't in his right mind. He must have been drinking that night and I don't know what happened and he just kind of snapped and you know, that's Will. Hey, you guys knew when you signed up. You guys knew. When you sign up to be boyfriend number one and boyfriend number two and boyfriend number three, that something like this might have happened. I warned you guys that Will was likely to explode. And now here we are. Here we are. He's exploded. So I need you guys just to lay low. Listen to me. Everyone's going to be coming for your dirty laundry. Don't talk to the press. Don't be talking to TMZ. Don't talk. Let me handle this. You know, mommy, she does damage control well. We'll get a deal from a network. We'll get paid. I'll explain what I need to explain and nothing further. Wait until the book comes out. You know the schedule. If you talk to the press, you don't get to sleep in the bedroom anymore. You'll go to the couch. Do you want the will treatment? Do you want the will treatment? Is exactly what Jada Pinkett Smith said to all of her boyfriends immediately after the Grammys event with Chris Rock and Will Smith happened. So it's crazy, man. It's crazy. They haven't been together. The tell-all book. I'm sure there's way more in there. Uh, I think she said that Tupac is her soulmate. Like, I mean, like, can we just stop? Like, the reason, like, the reason Jada essentially left and they didn't get an official divorce, but let's be—they're divorced. Like, in all senses of the term, Jada and Will Smith, maybe not legally, but essentially, are divorced. They're separated. They're not going to work. They're not working it out at this point. They're divorced. They're not going to be married ever again. She's saying that Tupac, 
is her soulmate. Like, can we just her right now? Can we, can someone just her right now? Like, I, can I say that? I don't think I can say that. That's like a Joe Exotic thing. Like, can someone just, like, there's nothing Jada Pinkett Smith would love more than to find out that the tabloid rumors were true and that Tupac was actually still alive and living a double life with uh, Elvis in, like, Cuba somewhere. She wishes that the tabloids were true because she wants nothing more than to be with her soulmate, Tupac Shakur. I mean, just, it's like, poor Will. I mean, I've got friends. All of my friends are on Team Will Smith. You know what I mean? No matter what allegations comes out, he's going to be Quilly's favorite actor. Uh, Los is on Team Will. Like, we talked about it. He's got words for Jada. I'm sure it's coming soon. And so, man, it's just, it's getting nuts out here. And if, listen, if you're a guy and you're dealing with a crazy chick, I mean, just, you gotta, you gotta get an exit strategy because doing this isn't it. Uh, and you know, Hey, you know what? That reminds me, speaking of Los and, uh, the 280 plus podcast, this is your 280 plus segment of the week. So, uh, we're taking the conversations beyond the tweets. Okay. Uh, even though they're not called tweets anymore, this is your 280 plus segment of the week. Shout out to the 280 plus podcast. Shout out to Los. Check out the 280 plus podcast on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you can listen or watch podcasts. He's got guests just about every week. He sometimes rocks it solo, but he is down to earth and has his ear to the ground on everything and anything that's related to culture. TV, uh, the news articles. He's taking everything that he sees, uh, on Twitter, uh, and basically, uh, mashing it into the podcast via, uh, interviews and conversations with people like me, entrepreneurs, artists, his friends, family members, people, other podcasters, anyone who inspires him. So check out the 280 plus podcast, uh, when you get a chance. So I saw this on Twitter. We refuse to call it X here at this podcast. We will never call it X until they change it back. I know he won't because it's been his lifelong dream to make the company called X. And I know Elon won't change it. So it's fine, but we're never calling no one. No one calls it X. No one's ever going to call it X. So just give it up. I saw this, uh, I saw this on Twitter and I think, uh, it's a TikTok, but I saw it on Twitter. So we're calling it a tweet. Um, and I need you guys, I need your opinions. I need to know what you think and what you would do in this situation. Fellas, what do you do if you get a message like this on a dating app? And ladies, do you need to step up your game is all I'm saying. If you're using Tinder, if you're on Hinge, if you're single and ready to mingle, is this something, ladies, I'm talking to you now, uh, is this something you would do? So, I mean, listen, normally the guys, the guys are the ones that do this stuff, right? The guys come out with the first messages that are cringy with the puns, with the pickup lines, with the jokes, with the, like, take it. Like if someone's name is a little interesting, they make a joke out of the name. Men are notorious. Like you never see screenshots of Tinder conversations that are hilarious where the girl is the comedian. 
So shout out to the female here. I need to know, men, what are we doing in this situation? Instrumental dude. My man. Killing it. I'm on this stupid app looking for my man. Yeah, you are. Get it. I'm usually not the first to reach out, but damn man. Woo! You may be the hottest guy I have wow. ever seen, Cameron. For real. Anyways. <laughs> if you want it, girl, you can have it. You can have it. I mean, uh, dude, if I'm being honest, if I'm being honest, I'm it. If that's the way, li- listen, whatever negative, listen, I'm in. I'm in 100%. If a girl sends you that, you know so many things off the bat. First of all, she's DTF. So if you're there for that type of relationship and you feel like sex is important to know if you need to marry someone, which I think in 2023 it should be, you weirdos who like wait to do things before marriage, I'm talking to you, the guy JT from friggin' Love is Blind season five. You, If you wait to do, JP, what's his name? JP? JP, the guy who wraps himself in the American flag, you weirdo. Like, you need to have sex with people before you can marry them. Because if you marry them and find out they're not good at having sex, by the time, like, if you're getting married, it's probably, like, too late and they're, like, 30s. Maybe you can change. I don't know. Blue Chew. Hey, wadpod.com backslash blue if you need it, babe. The link's still live. Get your first month, $20 off, okay? it'll You pay $5 for shipping, and it'll change your sex life forever. So if you do the whole get married before you have sex thing and it's not working and you think maybe the marriage was a little bit of a mistake, try blue try the blue chew first. Wadpod.com backslash blue. W-A-W-D-P-O-D.com backslash B L U E. But I'm saying she's probably DTF. And I mean, the picture, she's hot, bro. So not only is she hot, but she, she'll probably, because of this, she'll definitely start a podcast with you. You think just audio, like she, she'd love to start a podcast with you. She'll definitely get a record deal, work on those vocals, get her some singing classes, get her a record deal. Now you're on your way to financial freedom. She's got fucking comedy, comedy chops. I said comedy cops. Holy shit, ADHD. She's got comedy chops. She's funny. You know what I mean? She's outgoing. She's not nervous in front of strangers. If she'll do this, she'll definitely dance with you at a wedding, like either sober or drunk, like make a fool of herself and not care because she is having fun. Like she'll make TikToks with you. Like if she's, and hey, if she's willing to put this out, all I'm saying is she's probably willing to make an OnlyFans. So we're talking about extra money on top of that record deal. Megan OnlyFans, listen, fellas, you hit the jackpot. 
if this guy doesn't respond with like another freestyle, then I don't know. Then you've dropped the ball, my dude. You need to work on your Riz because this chick, this is the girl you like take home to mom. This is the girl you invite out to all the events. You introduce her to your friends. This is the girl who steals all of your friends because they like her more than they like you. Like that's how you should like reel this fish in rather quickly. Okay, this is your white whale. This is the girl you should marry. If you don't take her on a date and respond to this immediately, like, you know what I mean? Here's the issue. Completely flip side, she might be like the most completely insane person on the planet because she does something like this. There's a small percent of a chance. There's a 1% of a chance that that might be the case, but like 98%, she's probably perfect. So I say take it. The odds are forever in your favor, and I think you need to respond to this girl immediately and introduce her to your mother. Like, it would be a Sandy Dunkle meet Jessica, here she is, immediate situation. Now, don't get me wrong. My fiance Megs is perfect. She can do no wrong. We've been together essentially for like 13 years now. I think it's crazy. We haven't been dating that long. We met 13 years. It's a whole story. I've said it on the pod. Go back. Listen to all the episodes. You'll eventually find it. And so you'll know that story. And so, like, you know what I mean? But like she may or may not be the most completely insane. Like if she sees you talking to another female, whether that be like even not even talking, like texting, maybe like if she sees you talking to another female and like even if that's your mom, your sister, your lesbian friend, whoever, like she might just cut your throat in your sleep. But that's only like 2%. So like the other 98%, you should probably take the risk. You know what I mean? Uh, here's what some of the comments say. Here's what some of the comments say about her singing. Uh, it's a little, it's a little up in the air. It's a little up in the air, but like one comment says, uh, yo, I'm letting her eat all the oysters and all the king size crab legs at the buffet that she wants for real though. This type of creativity and humor is the most attractive thing to me. And I'd have to agree with that person. Uh, someone else said, Y'all need to stop sleeping on funny girls. Where's her ring? And to that I say, yes. So, I mean, dude, if this kid doesn't respond, I don't really know what to think uh, about it. And I hope that her, her talents don't go to waste. I hope she finds someone who deserves that type of love. Like, I, she needs to be with someone who deserves a custom song like that every day. He responded... He responded. Where's it at? He responded. Oh my goodness. Okay. Here we go. He responded. No, it's not Cameron. It's Cameron. The same way you say Cameron with a C. It's Cameron. Okay. That's it. Get him out. Cameron doesn't deserve your love. Okay. Cameron, unmatch with him. Block him. Delete it. Get rid of the connection. That weak-ass response, he doesn't deserve you, babe. You need someone who's gonna respond with an equal freaking, like, song. Like, why didn't Cameron come with the instrumental? Why didn't Cameron come with his own? Why didn't Cameron come with an appropriate response, dude? He dropped the ball. Cameron, you're boring. You're annoying. I want you out. 
You don't deserve this girl. Cameron, get off the app. You deserve to be single for the rest of your life. If I was, if I was Cameron, if I was Cameron, dude, I would have been like, yo. You know what I mean? I would have instantly, I would have instantly been right here like, You know what I mean? I would have let this shit ride for a minute. And then I would have given this girl the response that she deserved. Okay? Like, mm. girl. Mm -mm. You know you're the one for me. You know you got that shit I need. Want me to take my time with you? Maybe, maybe get a little speedy with you. Maybe out my league with you. Maybe I ain't got no cheese, no cheddar for you. Maybe I'm gonna be a G for you. I'm gonna leave these streets for you. Know what I mean? I'm gonna roll in on that bean. I'm gonna drop to my knees and I'm gonna say, Jesus, please. Where's this girl been all my life? I'm trying to make this girl my wife. Tell me again. Oh, my name's Cameron. Oh, baby, tell you again. Uh, that my name's Cameron. I gotta know, baby. Be lovers and friends. Mm. My name's Cameron. Do you know what I mean? Like the fact that Cameron didn't respond with that, get him out. He's out. That's how I would have responded. You know what I mean? But I'm not on the market. I'm a happily married man. You know what I mean? We're working on the wedding. It's fine, but we're essentially... I think in the state of Pennsylvania, if you live with someone for like seven years, I think technically in the eyes eyes of the law, you're like theoretically legally married or whatever. I don't, it's fine. We could be married at any point in time. It doesn't matter. We got the house. We got the kid. We've got everything. She's got the ring she wants. It's fine. We're married. I'm not on the market. I wouldn't do that now, but I did. I mean, hey, in high school, I've told you. I told you guys. You heard the last episode. I was singing like, I was singing freaking in sync. And Usher and Backstreet Boys to Megs and the girls in middle school and high school all through that joint. So, like, you know what I mean? I've done it. And so I think Cameron, like, listen, man, you've got to, you've got to freaking, you got to step your game up. You got to step your game up. If the perfect girl for you sends you a freestyle song in the form of flirting, like, yo, you're the hottest dude here. Like, let me sing you this song. Oh, my God. Like, listen to me. I'm great. Like that's, I mean, come on, bro. Come on. Come on, Cameron. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is your weekly reminder that we are on Cameo. Listen, you need to go to wadpod.com backslash Cameo. That's W-A-W-D-P-O-D.com backslash C-A-M-E-O. It's only $3, dude. You got $3? You made $3 yesterday. You've got $3 in your pocket right now. Go to wadpod.com backslash cameo. Click that create button. Send me a prompt. 
whatever it is, however ridiculous it is. And, uh, we'll, we'll not only put it in a podcast episode, we'll get it sent to you right away. And like within 24 hours, we'll get you that cameo you need, whether it's your sister's birthday, uh, whether, whether it's for it. Listen, Hey, here's the best. You know what you need to do? If you're not the type of person to throw on an instrumental, send me $3. I'll throw on an instrumental and then you can send the person you're trying to match with on Hinge or Tinder the cameo that you got from me. This is perfect. I was not planning on interacting these two bits together, but now it seems kind of perfect. If you're not the type of person to throw on an instrumental and send it to the person you're trying to hook up with on a dating app, go to wadpod.com backslash cameo, punch in your credit card number, you cheap fuck. It's only $3. I know mommy and daddy give you more money than that on a weekly basis. Give me $3, tell me what instrumental you want, and then by God, within 24 hours, you're going to have something like, you know what I mean? This one goes out to Cameron. I got my girl Stacy here, and she's trying to holler at you, Cameron. She knows y'all matched on Hinge. She sent you that super like, you know what I mean? And Stacy just wants you to know that. Tell me again. How do, how do you pronounce it, Cameron? Tell me over and over, is Cameron or Cameron? I want to go on a run with you. Tell me again, Cameron. And like, that's the type of quality that you can expect when you spend your hard earned money at wadpod.com backslash cameo. So if you've, if you've recently matched with someone on Tinder or Hinge or a dating app and you want to, and you want to impress them, go to, I am dead set serious. I could not be more serious about this. Go to wadpod.com backslash cameo and I will pick an instrumental and I will record a freestyle for your crush, for your match, whatever you want. Give me the instructions, dude. Wadpod.com backslash cameo. If you want to impress the girl that you're trying to marry, that you're trying to hook up with, that you're trying to impress, that you're trying to introduce to your mom, whether it's a girl or a guy. And if you're a girl trying to impress a guy, let's do it, babes. You want to be like Stacy? You want to be like Camran? Let's make it happen. Camran should have went to freaking wadpod.com backslash cameo because his weak ass response with those text messages and like, Oh, it's just Cameron like with a C, but my parents spelled it with a K because I was born in the year 2000. Like, okay, dude, cool. But like, if you're not willing to throw on the instrumental for go to wadpod.com backslash cameo. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of the What Are We Doing podcast. My name is Levi McCurdy, and thank you so much for listening to episode 112. You can catch us on YouTube. You can catch us on Spotify. You can catch us everywhere you listen and watch podcasts, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You know the social medias. I don't have to say it every week. 
I'll see you guys next time on the What Are We Doing podcast. Next week's episode 113. Today, I think it's Friday the 13th. It is, and it's October, Friday the 13th. Holy crap, what a spooky, spooky day. We've got plans. It's date night, people. I'm headed out. I got to go get ready, and you best believe I'm wearing this Britney t-shirt, babe. Let's go. Thank you guys so much. Check out our partners down in the description down below. If you need to cut your cell phone bill in half, I'm telling you, baby, I'm riding to the death of me with Visible. Wadpod.com backslash Visible. It's W-A-W-D-P-O-D.com backslash V-I-S-I-B-L-E. You'll get not only $20 off your first month, so your first month of service is only going to be 5 bucks, but after that, your service, your bill, it's only $25 a line. If you want to get away, get away, get away from the big guys charging you $80 a freaking line, dude. $80 a month is ridiculous for anything. When I'm getting the same service, the same signal, the same phone, the same shit I was paying, uh, the big carriers, like $200 a month for me and Meg's now pay 70 bucks a month. It's insane. The prices are visible. They've got a $25 plan. They got a $35 plan. Whatever works for you. It's all unlimited. There's no caps. There's no data limits. The one plan comes with unlimited mobile hotspot, which we use to run the boys tablet that we're no longer paying for. It's insane. It's amazing. I love it. Uh, it's visible wadpod.com backslash visible. You're going to get everything you need in a wireless service all for one low, low price. Check them out. Check out our friends at 17 Hats if you're an entrepreneur, solopreneur, running a business, and you're still sending contracts manually via like Google Docs or Word or PDFs or whatever, and you're getting checks in the mail to get paid. Stop all that stuff. Organize your business properly with your calendar, documentation, online invoices, digital contracts, 17 Hats handles, handles it all. It basically runs my business for me. Thanks to 17 Hats, their templates, their automatic responses, their workflows, everything you need. Get a demo today at wadpod.com backslash 17 hats. If you use our URL, we get a little bit of a kickback. So if I find out you didn't go to wadpod.com 17 hats and you signed up without that URL, I'm going to be a little peevy. I'm going to be a little upset. I'm going to be honest with you. It's been another episode of the What Are We Doing podcast. It's our second outro of the episode. It's crazy here, people. I'll see you next time. Peace out, everybody. This is the What Are We Doing podcast.